Hello and welcome to the Criminally Underrated Podcast, a show where we usually debate whether the forgotten films of yesteryear should be uh, remembered and brought back for the uh, canon of great films. But today, no specific movies uh, in the past to talk about. We've got some movies from the future. Of course, I am Logan from criminallyunderrated.com. I'm here with Jono to discuss uh, all the big news and trailers at a Comic-Con. Jono, why don't you say hello to our listeners once again? Comic-Con 2016! Uh, not that we've ever been, although we do have <laughs> no. a couple of friends that do go. That would be Cash and Olivia. Um, mm-hmm. We may or may not be joined by the one, the only Paris Lay of the internet show at some point. So if he jumps on in, don't be surprised. Uh, I mean, let's let's start with... And if uh, he doesn't... Try not to be too disappointed. True. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to tease <laughs> that and then him not show up. But who knows? But let's start with our expertise, and of course, that is Game of Thrones. Um, not the most eventful panel, I think, probably since like season four, which would be like three years ago now. The panels have like slowly but surely becoming less important and like less emphasized. I don't know. Did did you watch the the two minute clip of the like montage of them doing pre production and stuff on, on uh, season seven? I have not. I saw I saw the little blurb about it, and basically the just the little re- like blurb review said basically don't waste your time. It's just like sound bites from season six and like it's little like pre production. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I did not watch it. I mean, I'm I'm all for nerding out over Game of Thrones panels and whatnot, um, but it sounds like they just don't have that much for us yet, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think they're only, like, just beginning to film, like, some pre-production stuff, and uh, obviously, as we discussed in... I haven't even seen any casting rumors, which usually this time of year, there's, like... I think they've already done that. I think that kind of info was coming out during the season. We just didn't really talk about it on uh, our podcast. Okay. But, yeah, they, they have cast some more... God, I forget exactly who it was. I can look it up. But th- th- there were some new characters cast, but okay. minor roles. Um, yeah, so as we discussed in the uh, last few episodes of Cast Without Banners, that... The season seven will not be airing next April, which is typically when Game of Thrones airs. We speculated it might be in the winter, but it sounds like it's going to be next summer. So like a year from now, which is, you know, a long time, but it's better than 18 months from now. Yeah, whatever. It'll whatever they need to do to make it epic. You know, I mean, that reasoning makes sense that for the delay, they're saying it's now fully winter in Westeros and there it's not winter right now in a lot of the locations they right. use. So they're going to be delayed for starting production. Yeah. And, and I agree, whatever they have to do to make these final 13 episodes, the best they can possibly be like, great. We have to wait a couple extra months. Do it. I, I, these final 13 episodes need to be epic as you were saying. Yep. Yep. Um, and before we move on, um, to a few more trailers. Actually, I wanted to discuss a little uh, piece of homework that you and I had both been doing recently. Uh, that's the new Netflix show, Stranger Things. Uh, I kind of want to do a full podcast on this, but I figured since it's kind of hot and relevant right now, 
might as well discuss it for a minute. Uh, John, you said you just finished it and, and dug it a lot. I was a really big fan. I'd kind of heard like the week before going into it that it's very like Spielberg and Super 8 and J.J. Abrams-esque. Uh, why don't you give me like a little 60-second review of what you thought of Stranger Things? Yeah, I thought it was great. Super addicting, really creepy at times. It's got a lot of that charm, you know. It's just, it's just like nice packaged eight episodes of nostalgia, you know. You and I think you can. It almost tells a lot about a, like what kind of what your childhood was like on what you see most in it. Like we were talking about it. And I don't think you, you were, it didn't seem like E.T. really registered as much on your radar, radar as it did on mine. But this movie is full of like E.T. imagery and situations and nostalgic things like that. Obviously, you got like the um, little Goonies dynamic of their, their little like outcast, um, quote unquote, little like loser. Um, friend group that's taken on this crazy adventure. Anyway, I thought overall super great. It's super quick to fly. You fly through those episodes and you just want more. Um, yeah. How about you? Uh, I definitely highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. Like you said, you know, I burned through it in a weekend. Uh, my description to you was Goonies meets super eight meets the signal, which is a movie we should do for a criminally underrated uh-huh. episode uh, meets silent Hill meets close encounters. Uh, and I kind of totally forgot to mention, it's got like a big Stephen King vibe, like kind of a, mm-hmm. a stand by me esque, you know, true, with, with focusing true. on the kids story. I think they even mentioned Stephen King in there at one do. point. Somebody's do. like, do you read Stephen King? So yeah, it's just like this. If it's like you throw all these, 80s creepy movies in a blender but then somehow the result comes out like delicious you know you're like (laughs) it's yeah it's it really is quite impressive how many things it how many of the old nostalgic 80s uh like creepy at family type movies that this movie or that this little series evokes i thought super well done i'm looking forward to more the rumor is we will be getting more seasons of that yeah when i initially finished watching it i was in your boat i wasn't sure if it was going to be like an anthology kind of thing because the the name of the show kind of doesn't have anything to do with the content so it could have yeah, been it could like totally be an anthology it's kind of tale like it could be like paranormal stuff yeah Yeah, exactly that's the vibe i got but it has been confirmed especially given like the teasers at the at the end of the finale that uh there will be a sequel season Uh, and one thing i wanted to say before we moved on is that there's kind of like been this new movement lately of movies using especially horror using uh these like throwback synthesizer kind of scores of course Mm -hmm. like the guest and it follows a couple of our favorites uh, and Stranger Things. Guess, I yeah, I felt like there were a lot a lot of silly similarities to the guest as well. But I guess that's just like the the trend now of this kind of like nostalgic retro using retro 
retro style as like the the style of our current decade and like the hyper kind of enhanced colors and stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think that i think the score really helped push the like the 80s nostalgic vibe and i really dug it yeah yeah it's cool all right so uh throwing things back to comic-con uh Jono, what do you think of kong skull island starring uh hiddleston and our girl brie larson yeah i think it looks super cool um i knew very little about what exactly this movie was going to be like but and so i think i was pretty didn't really know exactly what to expect from the look of it but the aesthetically was kind of surprised you know it seems like fog we got a lot of kind of like orangish lighting going on a lot of but can't help but, but i mean uh apocalypse now i mean yeah aesthetic especially them so 70s war movie then the jungle in in helicopters you know as much of the trailer is and but but i mean Hey, talk about an awesome cast for a movie like that. Right. You got and your boy Samuel L. You got John Goodman, Brie Larson, right? Like it mm-hmm. just it it looks it looks super cool and um yeah, very effectively teases the giant silhouette of King Kong is freaking huge in this movie and so I thought that I think it's promising. It looks cool. They're definitely going for the Godzilla, the new Godzilla kind of style marketing. Where and what's his name? Doctor Dre from Straight Outta Compton is in it, right? Was he? Was that who that was? I think yeah. Oh, that's yep. that's why I recognized him. Blanking his name, Corey. Man, blanking his name, but yeah, he's he's in there too. Uh, like like I was saying though, they're they're really it's kind of like this new trend to like do these monster movies, but not reveal the monster at all in the trailer Mm -hmm. that like the big reason to go see the movie, which is like basically the opposite of the DC and like uh, Batman versus Superman style marketing, which we'll get to later. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty stoked for this. It's got that uh, super hazy kind of vibe. Uh, Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of the Macbeth trailer. Did you see that trailer, that movie that came out like four or five months ago? Yeah, yeah, a while ago. It just kind of had that same. It, it's like a hyper, like a hyper kind of color uh, palette, but in a totally different way than Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things is like that kind of neon lighting, and this is like, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's it's that super like smoky, foggy feel. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. It's like they. I wonder what the budget on this movie was for the fog foggers. <laughs> Get, getting as they as they say on set, get a little more atmosphere in there. <laughs> but it uh, it's got that look to it, which definitely effective for a teaser like this, where it's like to shroud everything like that. I wonder if if that'll be what the entire movie is like. Yeah, and then right at the end of the trailer, you get that one little, I don't know, four-second clip of seeing uh, Kong's face. And I don't know if it was just my connection or the screen I was watching it on, but I was super unimpressed with the CGI, which is kind of a major thing. Because I thought the mm-hmm. the CGI character of Godzilla looked amazing. And this, I was like, that's what you're going with. Mm-hmm. 
but maybe it was, it was you know, they specifically don't want you to get a great look because it's kind of foggy, like we've been saying. Yeah, that was kind of how I felt. Is like you, uh, he's mostly silhouetted, and you can kind of barely see his face. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving along. Do you want to talk about the Blair Witch thing? I was kind of excited for it, but I'm like less and less excited every minute that passes. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I watched that trailer and. I don't really have much to say about it other than like, <laughs> I know, I know. We'll, see it's what, like... we'll see what happens when it comes out. I mean, it's a blade. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm watching that trailer and I'm like, okay, so what do you have in this that the Blair witch from 15 years ago didn't have, uh, you know, not like found footage apparently, which is like the most essential part of making a Blair witch movie. <laughs> right. So, I guess, I don't know. It just looked like you throw some more people in the woods, you get some more of those creepy stick figure things out there. It's like, <laughs> right. okay, why, why don't I just go watch the original one? But, but we, time will tell. We, we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, that you and I enjoy a nice, surprisingly good horror movie. So, that, that'd be nice. But I'd, I don't really see any reason to get super psyched, excited about this one yet. I think it comes out pretty soon, so we'll know soon enough if it's worth checking out. Yeah, I think it said September. Right. So something kind of interesting with the way the the panel for this played out was – God, I can't think of who the director was. But people had like kind of been anticipating this new movie that he had coming out, and it was kind of codenamed The Forest – And then people went in to watch the trailer and, you know, they obviously get it revealed halfway through or whatever in the trailer that it's the new Blair Witch. And then they come out and outside of the hall that they were in, all of this paraphernalia or whatever that's been around that said the forest is now all been changed to like Blair Witch (laughs) stuff. So they kind of like pulled the rug out from under the people that were, uh, that went into this Interesting. Huh. And that's like... And it's like a, a stunt like that these days is kind of interesting because it's like such a in in the day in this day and age of the internet and like such large scale marketing. It's like interesting to try and have so much suspense and like to try to do that to such like a, just the amount of people that show up for the for the screening of the trip. You know, like that, that just feels like such a small scale thing compared to what they're all like focused on doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that would be interesting. I'm super interested that um, I've seen like a couple things. It seems like they've come out of Comic-Con where like they are not releasing the footage that they showed, you know, like guardians of the galaxy two. I saw, I read this thing where a guy basically like describes shot for shot what the footage they showed <laughs> in the guardians of the galaxy two thing was. And so it's interesting the, to see which projects are having some restraint and not really really like they showed something at comic con. Um, and they're not releasing what they showed, which I guess is building a different kind of hype. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to save this kind of discussion for later when we get to the DC stuff, but we can jump into it now. And that's um, 
how, like you said, like this year has been kind of the first year that stuff hasn't gotten leaked like that. Cause you remember a couple years ago they leaked the, or somebody filmed and leaked the suicide squad footage and it looked uh-huh. totally horrible. And Warner brothers and DC flipped out and they like got, you know, got it removed off YouTube and were sent out this like angrily written letter being like, Oh, we're so ashamed of you people that, that leaked this. Like it's supposed to be a special moment for all these people that waited in line to get into hall H it's like, yeah. oh my God, get off your fucking high horse. It's a trailer for a movie and these people want to promote it for you. Right. So yeah, I, I am surprised that the Guardians Volume 2 stuff didn't get leaked out. But like the- They're probably su- collecting everybody's phones and stuff. And yeah, they, they do totally that. do that. But yeah. like for the Suicide Squad trailer that got dropped at Hall H- did you watch that one? It specifically says like, Hey, hall H we have a big surprise for you. It's like, and then that one was immediately put online by Warner brothers. So it looks like they're at least taking a very different approach than they have in the past, Mm -hmm. which is probably smart. It's like these people want to see your movies, but I think the, the deal with, uh, the suicide squad one is that it's like, well, that movie comes out in, two weeks yeah yeah exactly we got a year till guardians of the galaxy basically right yeah and uh, more than a year or a year ish until justice league and they're basically i think showed a clip from all of the shots that they already have done because they've literally been filming that for like two and a half weeks mm-hmm. interesting all right so before we get to that uh we've got fantastic beasts and where to find them did you watch this trailer are you excited to re-enter the world of harry potter i mean i i honestly am i'm excited for that movie but yeah this trailer like i was stoked when i was looking through all those all these comic-con trailers and i was like "Ooh, the fantastic beasts one but yeah i don't know i don't really know why but yeah it was not and i mean we see some creatures and stuff but it's just like i don't know at this point it's like oh you made a little like cgi dragony thing is that's but it's like when it's it's so it's almost too removed from the source material totally in that like it's like yeah maybe i'd get hyped if i like kind of knew what i was looking at you know but i i don't know it's I'm excited for that movie. Don't get me wrong. I'd like, I've read all the Harry Potter books. I'd like that stuff and very curious to see what they're going to do with kind of expanding that universe. But, and especially having some kind of wizardry stuff happening in the U S you know, takes place in New York. That's what I was going to say that it takes place uh, in the twenties in New York, which is a pretty different aesthetic from, uh, I actually just saw a, like a, an official timeline of when the Harry Potter books are supposed to it's take like place. It's like the 90s, yeah, early I never, 90s, right? I didn't realize that. It, the first one, yeah. it's supposed to be like, what, 92 or 93 or 94 or something? Yeah. Well, the books are super vague about it, but I remember even reading them as a kid and being like, having the idea of like, this is a little bit in the past somehow. Okay, that's interesting. Maybe just because... Maybe just because of the whole wizard, like wizard culture is kind of timeless, you know, being in these castles and things like that. But, but I remember it just seeming like, yeah, it does. 
but I but they I think they are always super vague. Like they never really drop like dates about like what is currently happening to to my memory. I'm probably wrong about that. But they but but yeah yeah. So the the bulk of Harry Potter's seven years at Hogwarts is supposed to be from what like ninety to ninety seven or something like something that. Something like that, which kind yeah. of threw me off. I didn't realize that. Uh, the movies are mostly timeless because, you know, they take place at Hogwarts and you only get, you know, a handful of scenes throughout all seven or eight movies that, uh, take place like in London and in, you know, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. regular civilization. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I was 50, 50. I feel like going into this trailer for fantastic beasts. Now I'm like, nah, whatever. If it comes and goes, probably not going to be too bummed about it true yeah we'll we'll see i mean i've been excited to to see what they what they do with all that but i kind of agree with you that this um it just felt weird like from the get-go even though like that's the whole thing with it just hearing the american accents in this yeah. like harry potter it just felt weird it which did is like, it feel a little off yeah which is like i mean probably not a huge deal if the story's good and the movie's good but is just like whoa, whoa, whoa! We have this like Harry Potter aesthetic and American accents. What? What? It's so seems to clash. Something, something off-putting about that. Like it's like if Game of Thrones suddenly like suddenly released a spinoff where everybody's speaking in American accents. <laughs> that would be less, Yeah, something about is that just a thing that like do we as Americans just like do we require that in our fantasy genres that people have like, if you look at Lord of the Rings, if you like, that's, it's almost like that's part of the fantasy to us to have people not using American accents. That's a good point. And it's like, it's like weird. Like what, what successful fantasy stuff? I'm just like firing this off the top of my head. So maybe there are some, but it just feels like that's a part of the fantasy genre is like no American accents. No, I think that definitely makes sense because, you know, you go back to like ancient America, it's like the Native Americans, like that's kind of, you know, the the history of America before uh, True. us white folks landed here. And it's like in Europe, like they've been there for so long that like yeah, we, can, yeah, yeah. we can throw ourselves back into like ancient times there and it's like they still mostly talk the same and look the same. Mm-hmm. So I think that's True. that's kind of a factor. In that's that. that's probably why, but it just yeah, for whatever reason, feels that just made the the trailer feel weird when you're hearing these characters speaking with American accents. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, and, and speaking of of uh, fantasy, and maybe he used an American accent. Did you watch the trailer for the King Arthur movie? I did not. I did not watch that one yet. But you can. A few, Tell me what you thought. Well, a few quick points. Uh, it's by Guy Ritchie, and I'm... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm kind of whatever on him because he's basically made the same movie eight times in his career. Uh, yeah, his first couple are awesome, but then eventually you're like, okay, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, let's let's do something a little different out of the, you know, the slums and gangs of, of the UK. Uh, so, I don't know. It looks co- sort of interesting. Uh, both the actor who plays Bruce Bolton and Littlefinger are in it. So, it's like, oh. just cannot escape the, uh, the the fantasy genre, these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
Well, that's like the that's like the career of Orlando Bloom, you know. You very true. You go from like it's like that dude is is cursed to like it's like shit. I can it's like I I can be in Pirates of the Caribbean and what is it? He's Kingdom of Heaven King, and another King Arthur movie, the 04 one. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's just like it just seems like that that kind of thing when you get your recognition from something like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. It's kind of like. Sorry, dude, you're not going to play like a normal guy in 2016. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, jury's very much out on that one. Uh, moving along, did you watch the Snowden trailer? I did not watch the – was there a new one? I've seen the – This is. A, I've seen a Snowden trailer. This is trailer two. It uh, doesn't reveal that much more. I just think it's kind of interesting that – Oliver Stone is kind of like the king of the biopic. So like whenever he chooses a new subject to do that kind of a movie on, it's like, "Mm, this is something worth paying attention to. Uh, I thought Citizen Four, the HBO documentary was mind blowing. I thought it was fantastic. And this is obviously a a dramatization of Edward Snowden's story. I think it looks pretty frigging good. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing, yeah, I've watched trailer one. It's been a little while, so my memory's a little yeah, foggy. Yeah, that one came out remember, a couple months ago. I do remember thinking that it looks really good, but also I just feel like they're just injecting Hollywood action movie into that story. Maybe Completely. I'm wrong, and I don't and I don't know enough about Edward Snowden. No, that's, that's what Oliver like, Stone does. JFK has factual yeah. inaccuracies. Uh, what other what other big biopics has he done? It's like every every uh every, every time he makes one of these stories, he always juices it up with stuff that wasn't true. Yeah, which I mean, you have to do you have to do to an extent, but like, and I I am a fan of uh of Jogo. So am I. So of yeah, uh, Gordon yeah. Levitt. I feel like he can. He's probably a good fit for that. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested. So he's done, these are just his biopics or pseudo biopics, I guess. W, the George W. Bush one, Alexander, uh, yeah. Nixon, mm-hmm. uh, Natural Born Killers, which I don't even know if you can consider that one. JFK, The Doors. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's kind of his thing to like super Hollywood eyes these already interesting stories, but to like blossom them into kind of a legend of their own. Yeah. Which yeah, for sure. Is cool. And kind of it's like, yeah, watching that Sn- Snowden trailer, I was like, damn, I was like Edward was Edward Snowden really this badass? Like I thought he was just kind of like a dude who took a big risk, but I mean, I guess may- yeah, maybe he's freaking badass. Yeah. And this trailer, it goes kind of a little more into his uh, military past and, shows some kind of crazy, you know, tech stuff that he does for the NSA and FBI. So I think, I think it looks cool. I I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next. I I don't think we've talked about this at all. Uh, Are you familiar with Neil Gaiman's American gods in any capacity? No. Okay. It is Neil Gaiman is a very, very famous writer, both of, uh, like fiction novels, and he is the basically the brain behind Sandman, which is like one of the most beloved comics uh, of all time. 
mm-hmm. and American Gods is kind of other than Sandman is kind of his like gift to the world. Like it's pretty effing amazing book. Uh, I read it a long time ago. Uh, I would recommend checking out the trailer. Uh, and this kind of is something else I want to talk about. It's a stars exclusive show and stars is kind of, coming up in the world. They've got this, they've got the Ash versus the Evil Dead. They've got some like decent, mm-hmm. interesting original content. Uh, but the real draw for this is Ian McShane. Like if you liked Ian McShane, one iota in his one episode of Game of Thrones, this is going to be like the next big Ian McShane project. And he absolutely kicks ass. Nice. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe Basically, this guy, Shadow, gets out of prison and his wife was – he, like, gets released early because his wife was killed or committed suicide or something. I forget exactly. And he meets Mr. Wednesday, who is Ian McShane, and it's like they have this really strange relationship and it's basically uh, – Ian McShane is, like, kind of – part of the new gods and he sends shadow on this like crazy journey. And uh, it's basically how like, as in this like new day and age, specifically America, there's like a new set of gods that we kind of worship and it definitely Hmm. plays on uh, some like interesting postmodern ideas. So I'd say check out this trailer. Uh, Not sure when it's coming out, maybe early 2017. Uh, Highly recommend the book. Everything by Neil Gaiman is amazing. But if you only check out one or two things, Sandman and American Gods, top notch. Cool. Yeah, and, and if I think it's right up your alley. It's I have never read um, what's the Stephen King series you're obsessed with? Obsessed with? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've been working. I've been chugging away on the Dark Tower, which the Dark Tower, uh, the Dark Tower series, which is getting a movie. Um, is it a movie with, or a show? Do we m- movie okay. with questionable but intriguing casting? Right. Um, but but basically, I've just it's it's fascinating. Like certainly, me being obsessed with it is the wrong term. <laughs> uh, and it's like I don't even know how much I like it. Like I I do like it. I'm on, I'm in the middle of book five, and of it's, what nine? And there he's not done yet. There's like. No, it's done. It's done. I'm pretty sure it's it's. There's eight, I think. Okay. I think. I don't know, but but yeah. So I'm I'm in the middle of book five. Book five's been it's been really dragging. It's been taking me a while. Um, yeah, you started but, the series like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've just kind of been ex- exactly. I'm not like super serious about like needing to get through it. I'm just like. It's super interesting take on the fantasy genre, though, like, um, which is like the main thing that's kept me reading. It it's like starts out like most similarly, like like resembling mostly a western, with like the main the main character archetypal character, and this is the gunslinger, who's like this badass gunslinging cowboy. But he's like an interdimensional who's, cowboy who's who's been through some shit. Yeah, and um, but but yeah. So at first you're introduced to that, then it starts getting weird and starts jumping dimensions from this fantasy world to like 1980s New York City, 
and like and then like 1960s New York City and he brings people from those worlds back into his world to be his like new gunslinger apprentices this is all like a super super oversimplification of what of like what happens in these books but basically it's like this meld of like you start to figure out like is this world in the future is this as you start to figure it out um basically like the most concise like it's still so unclear i'm five books in i'm still have a very vague picture of what the dark tower actually is but it's basically like this pillar that holds together all existence all realities basically yes and so as it's becoming like for some reason the dark tower is in danger and they're like they're trying to get there and as it's um as whatever is happening to it is happening and as it's getting further and further like closer to destruction um these realities are like colliding and like getting and and things aren't really making sense and they call this there's like a phenomenon that it, that shows up in the uh fantasy world midworld i think it's called um called a thinny where it's like you start to almost it's almost a sound that you hear but it's like a pain it like pains your ears and as you get too close to it it gets like unbearable and it's like this shimmering like like region of space and time where the dimensions and realities are overlapping and it's like super dangerous to be there but like the then like it's it's why it's like it's so weird that stephen king's take on the fantasy genre and that's just reading because it's like it's so bizarre and interesting to have these like in a fantasy world in like a, a a series with all these fantasy elements to also have shit like drug dealers in 80s new york city and like heroin addicts and like there it's like it's it's just got this wild mashup of all these all these little things so i'm into it but like it's but not obsessed it's crazy right. it's crazy yeah <laughs> obsessed is the wrong word i'm into it it's weird um, and anyway, I'm super fascinated to see what, um, it was a surprise casting to have, we got Idris Elba is going to be the gunslinger, which is like, badass. I can't hate on anything that that dude does. And so it's like, okay, like, but, um, in the book, like it's, it's clear. And for, for reasons I won't get into, it's like, it, it's an important character trait that Roland, the gunslinger is a white guy. Right. You and said there's like casted, tensions later on. Yeah. There's racial tensions later with very, with other characters and yada, 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 like to put a long story short, like it actually does kind of matter in the books, his race, but whatever. I know the movies, uh, from what I've read, it's going to be, interpretation of the story and and hey i love idris elba so i'm i'd say i'm i'm excited for the movie but also have no idea really what to expect anyway rant over dark <laughs> tower frustrating and interesting and weird and i don't even know <laughs> uh well to kind of loop that back i just wanted to say that american gods is 
it's like kind of in that realm in that it's like modern-ish type fantasy. Not any like the interdimensional kind of stuff, but like there's fantastical elements taking place in our world today, which is kind of like the parallel I wanted to draw with uh, Dark Tower, which I don't even know if that's totally correct, but. For sure. Uh, all right, moving right along. Doctor Strange. Did you see this trailer? Because this is the probably the Marvel movie I'm most looking forward to now. Yeah. Yeah, this one's cool. And see, for me, watching these the trailers for Doctor Strange, I'm just kind of like, I could not know less about Doctor Strange. And so I'm kind of like, whoa, this looks crazy. But like, I don't know what any of it means or what... Um, aspects of it people are getting excited about but i'm with you it looks super cool yeah i i have a decent knowledge of of marvel stuff and i'm kind of in the same boat don't know that much about dr strange i think that he is like kind of a step even farther away from you know we've got our core avengers which is like very much based here outside of Thor here being Mm -hmm. this world. And then they kind of took a step towards their like, uh, what do they call it? It's like, you know, the intergalactic space kind of stuff with guardians of the galaxy. And now this Dr. Strange one is like a step even farther beyond that, where we're getting into like the magic and like the super crazy out there kind of superhero stuff. And like, this one looks like, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not convinced that like you can't help but think of inception when watching this trailer with like the way the world yeah, yeah. bend and stuff like that. And I'm not sure that's like the right kind of thing to be drawing on for a Marvel movie, but this one I'm, I'm saying uh, it's going to be great until I see it and it ends up being bad. Cause I'm stoked for this one. I think it looks super cool. Yeah. You think this one deserves the, the benefit of the doubt to just sure. kind of be like, yeah no i i agree like that yeah as somebody that knows nothing about it i have some friends um who post about it on facebook that clearly are dr strange fans and know something about the comics and it's like they seem pleased by the trailer i'm kind of good thing yeah i'm like hey i know nothing about about that uh character but the trailer looks cool and trippy and pretty different from all these other Marvel stories. So I'm, I'm on board. Right. All right. And kind of taking a a swing in the opposite direction, but still with sticking with superheroes. What'd you think of wonder woman? Because I was, I okay. Full disclosure. We, we, we got to put this on the table. John and I both fucking hated Batman versus Superman. It's like probably the lowest point that DC has been in since what Batman and Robin, the, uh, the George Clooney one. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, yeah, it was, it was just an not unmitigated a, not disaster. A good, it's the kind of movie where like you have the, you have those people who defend it. And I'm just like, okay, I can no longer take any of your opinion, movie, re- any movie recommendation of yours seriously ever again. <laughs> yeah, the 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 DC fanboys are some of the absolute worst. They are like so blinded by their fandom that they're willing to overlook entire. It's like it's okay, you can like it, and it, there's a lot of movies that I like, and I will admit they're bad movies. It's like why can't you just do that? 
Yeah. Not a good movie. Say you love Batman and Superman. It was cool to watch them fight on the big screen in a big budget movie, but don't tell me it's a good movie. That's not a good movie. Right. Uh, and apparently, so some of our big problems with it were the, the, like there's essentially no motivation for Superman to hate Batman, Batman to hate Superman for uh, Lex Luthor to have any involvement in the, in the story at all. And apparently the super special extra super duper cut that came out a month or so ago, like adds <laughs> 35 minutes of footage and like kind of explains a lot of the Lex Luthor. And it's R rated, right? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, it kind of explains a lot of the Lex Luthor stuff, but it's like you couldn't fit in your essential character motivations in a two and a half hour movie already. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm not spending another three hours in this dark, dour, horrible world that you've created, Zack Snyder. <laughs> so with that said, my expectations for Wonder Woman, even though I thought she was one of the better parts of Batman v Superman, my expectations for this solo spinoff movie were like almost as low as you, you could possibly get. Um, let's see. Uh, two minutes and 45 seconds of this badass trailer completely threw me the other way. This is, other than uh, Suicide Squad, this is like my most anticipated movie for DC now. I, I think it looks fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it looked super cool as well. I mean, again, it's one of those, yeah, one of those things where it's like I have pretty low expectations of anything that comes out of this. And I know you have your thoughts about the uh, Justice League as well, and we'll get there. But um, yeah, it it looked super cool. I'm gonna say right now, it looks way better to me than Justice League does. I'll, okay, and we mentioned. And we mentioned that Justice League has does probably does not have much footage yet, so that's something. But um, no, that that's a good trailer. It's cool. Yeah, super great trailer. Uh, Gal Gadot actually has lines, and I was which not, is crazy. She gets the talk. She, she speaks. I was not off put by Chris Pine like I thought I would be. I was like, you can put Chris Chris Pine in a movie like this, but it was seems. Yeah, I was pretty skeptical yeah. of that too. Uh, he plays what's Captain America's name? Is Steve Rogers? He plays a character that has like a oh, shockingly similar name. I forget what it's called. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I, I, I like the World War One setting. Uh huh. The scene where she's walking out of the trenches and you get like the close up of her armor. I think it looks really sick. And I was realizing how little I actually knew about Wonder Woman too. With like, I knew that she was some kind of like. Amazonian woman, Amazonian, Amazonian, like tribe woman, but the whole thing about like how the, there's no men in their culture and all that. Those, uh, I, I learned a lot in this trailer and yeah. I liked what I learned. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the look of the lasso of truth. I think that looks pretty badass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my two final points. I love the scene where what's his name? Chris Pine is like, Oh, I can't let you do that. And she's like, like no man is tell like gets to tell me what I get to do with my life. And it's like, that is the embodiment of wonder woman right there. She, she does her own thing. She's not been raised in this like patriarchal society where, you know, what the man says goes, especially 
you know, coming from the golden era of comics where she came from in the thirties and forties. And she's just like the ultimate symbol of female empowerment. She's just like, no, like, sorry, I'm going to go kick some ass on my own and you can't tell me what to do. Uh, And my final point is, I think the main reason this looks good is no Zack Snyder involvement. (laughs) It's crazy what happens when DC lets a competent director take control of a property. So my final rant on Wonder Woman. Hey, I I feel like that's a good reason to see it, if nothing else. And the as the trailer comes to a close, we get the Wonder Woman logo, and it's playing the Wonder Woman theme from Batman vs Superman, uh-huh. which was like, oh yes, like that is the best music from that movie, and I like that they're carrying that on throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I thought that was great. Um. Suicide Squad, I don't know. Do we need to talk about this trailer? The movie comes out in two weeks, and I figure we'll probably do a review on it anyways. So it's like, why harp on this point when we're so close to seeing it anyways? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's not really like we're getting like breadcrumb teases anymore. It's like we we were getting that a year ago or whatever. It's Yeah, this movie's about to come out. We've seen multiple trailers, multiple... TV spots, featurettes, blah blah blah. Like, I'm, I'm stoked. I think it. I think it looks cool. I think it's lived up to a lot of the. So far, it's maintained the hype. It has. Um, like from, I remember the initial casting of the movie being like, "Whoa, this sounds crazy!" But then just expecting to be like, "It'll somehow end up being lame." I'm still on board. It looks cool. Yeah, they've they've kind of carried that hype train for like over a year now. Um, and the the one thing that was kind of different about this trailer that everyone was saying is that it is the one that focuses basically the least on Harley Quinn and the Joker. They're kind of like fleshing out uh, Will Smith's character and mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Jai Courtney and like all the other, cause you know, Suicide Squad like isn't a Joker Harley Quinn movie. It's this group yeah. of, you know, Batman's rogues gallery coming together to basically go on these suicide missions that, they're forced to. Um, I think it looks cool. Uh, my anticipation meter has kind of been like exponentially growing. I was like very ho hum last uh, Comic Con when we did a Comic Con podcast. I'm I'm pretty fucking stoked. August fifth, I'll, I'll be there opening. Weekend. And so and so, this does work within the same yeah DC Batman. universe. So that's so Jared Leto's Joker is Ben Affleck's Joker. Yes, Ben Affleck's Batman makes a cameo appearance. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew I knew I remember seeing some like leaked set videos where the Batmobile is racing down the streets. Right. And so okay, so there is some Ben Affleck in it. Yeah, and uh if you remember the shot inside the Batcave in Batman vs Superman where Yeah, yeah. You know, there's the 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 Robin, the Robin suit, suit right? and says, you know, jokes on you. And it's implying that, uh, what's it called? Uh, death in the family. That storyline has kind of taken place within the Batman for Superman universe. And he's already had these clashes with the Joker. That is supposed to be Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm on board for that one. I think, yeah, I think it looks. And once again, a non Zack Snyder DC movie looks good. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? 
so before we get to the main event, um, right, Jono, I know you wanted to briefly talk about Lego Batman. I don't know. <laughs> I I am. I'm I'm stoked. I I know you have an aversion to these I the animated movies. Between when we talked, I thought it looked okay. Yeah, I I'm on board with it. I loved the Lego movie and just Will Arnett's portrayal of Batman super funny to me. So I think it will be successful as a standalone um, or to have a whole movie focused on him. Yeah, it, it takes a it'll be lot cool. for me to get excited about an animated movie. And like Lego movie, like just enough scratch that for me where it's like, yeah, this movie's awesome. I'm willing to check it out. I don't know. Anything less than like an A-plus animated movie, I, I can't get that excited for. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. And I'm not like, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be delighted to see it. I know I'm going to. Like it's it's one of those. Like I, I I I like certain animated movies, and I see that trailer, and I'm like, hell yeah, Lego Batman, let's do this. Um, as I mentioned a little earlier on, the Stars original show, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Have you did you watch season one at all? I have not. No, but I've heard great things. Uh, I have not watched it either. Heard it was pretty good. This trailer for season two makes me want to go back even more and check it out. So just wanted to drop that in. I'm a pretty big Evil Dead fan. Um, I like the OG three, and I was meaning to watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead, but um, I don't know. I think I have stars here. Haven't watched it in like a decade, so hopefully <laughs> I have it on demand and can catch up. All right. For our main event, no, we will not be discussing all the uh, Marvel Netflix shows. I haven't even watched Jessica Jones yet. I'm a little ashamed to say. I'm pretty far behind. Never finished Daredevil season two. So, like, I like. I watched. I watched it? both of those. You know, they're good. I yeah, like Luke Cage looks cool. Iron Fist looks yeah. cool, but like that's not what Comic Con is really about. It, it, it was Justice League. Uh, and if you watched any of the uh, Hall H videos for the DC panel, it, like there's always that like cringe moment from Comic Con of like these people, they're you know they're creative minds, they work behind the scenes, and then when they have to go out and do a public event, they're just like totally not prepared to speak in front of these crowds. Even <laughs> if it's like a super hyped DC crowd, which it was. Uh, I forget who it was, but it was the guy who was introducing the uh, Suicide Squad panel. He's like, yo, we're DC. This is Hall H, and we run this shit. It's like, <laughs> dude, like, oh, God, like, come on. Like, I get that you're excited to, to show stuff off, but <laughs> pump the brakes a little. Like, you, you realize everyone on the internet is going to see this. <laughs> so, you know, last year we talked about the super cringe moments from the Game of Thrones panel when that guy was creepily asking Sophie Turner about like Oh yeah. Just go back and listen to our and the podcast guys, from last what, summer. What was it what was it that they like specifically asked people not to ask questions about and then that guy about like instantly six and like Yeah, where they're like first they're like we're not gonna give you any plot points on like what happens in season six, so don't even try and then someone just like what what does your character do in season six? They're like, go, leave, leave Comic Con, like, leave San Diego. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so jumping into Justice League, 
So I get that it's like every Zack Snyder movie that's come out in the DC universe, the subsequent one, half of it is like answering for the problems of the previous one. And I don't <laughs> think that you're clearly not paying attention and are a DC fanboy because uh, Batman vs Superman, the first 45 minutes is a direct response to the biggest criticism of Man of Steel, which is yeah, all the excessive which is all the collateral and damage. death and destruction. And now with Justice League, you know, it's it's really hard to to break this trailer down. Because like I said, they've only been shooting for less than a month. This is like probably a snippet of like all the scenes they've shot. So like there's not action. There's not any super CGI stuff. Um so like maybe all they have is these like every quirky moment from Justice League and they just cut it together for this quick two and a half minute trailer. But it's like very clearly they are hearing how dark and dour and you know void of any humor Batman v Superman was. So they're throwing all these quirky moments in Justice League. And it's like I dig that this version of the flash is kind of like, you know, the DC version of Spider-Man. Like he's a young kid. He's quirky. He's like, Oh, like I get to hang out with other superheroes and like, I get to use my powers. Like, yeah, this, fucking awesome. it, it was very reminiscent of Tony Stark uh, recruiting Peter young, Parker, young Peter Parker in uh, civil war. Yeah. All right. But g- give me your thoughts. What, what do you think? What do you think of this take on Aquaman them trying to recruit him. Um, um, well, Wonder Woman and Batman like fully working together now. Yeah, I mean, for the record, I thought the Aquaman tease in Justice League Horror. or in, uh, in, in Batman vs Superman was was, was laughable. It was just like I don't know. There's just the whole. Yeah, it was just the not, email attachments, the infamous attachments. Yeah, all that. So, anyway. I watched this Justice League trailer and I was not super impressed. I know that people were, um, but it's it's not enough for me to think that this is going to be a good movie. I'm going to need more to to actually think that. And uh, I mean, I'm interested in some of these. Like, I don't really know anything about like Cyborg, so that was interesting to see. And the Flash thing was kind of entertaining reminded me a lot of quicksilver and days of future past um and i like the, his aesthetic the, i like how when he like shifts away from the batarang coming out his face like all the lightning and stuff is like flashing around him yeah that was, cool. that was cool that was really cool and the how you get the realization where like he he clearly like they're going with that he doesn't know who bruce wayne is right and then he sees the the bat star or whatever that he throws at him. And he like, and then he's like, Oh shit, this is Batman. And so that was definitely a, a nice little moment of him. Like looking from the, from the little like Batman throwing star back to Batman, back to the throwing star, but and being like, <gasps> so it, it's promising. It's more promising than the Batman versus Superman stuff was, but as I said, like I, it's not enough for me to be excited about it. Uh, yeah, I think with every Zack Snyder movie, basically from here until proven otherwise is that you kind of have to assume it's going to be super schlocky 
Uh, it's not going to have great story or great characters or great writing. Uh, it's going to look amazing and the action's going to be good, but you can't depend on uh, can't depend on him to to make a an actual compelling story. We'll see how much how much of a frustrated Ben Affleck can do to save this movie. Let's see. Right. Uh, one thing that this kind of does have uh, working in its favor, though, is no Batman or excuse me, no Superman. And um, I think that's important because obviously uh, Zack Snyder fundamentally misunderstands the Superman character. <laughs> he has openly said, you know, he doesn't like the character and he, I think pre making man of steel or between man of steel and Batman v Superman, he, he said something along the lines of like, yeah, like the coolest thing you can do with Superman is kill him off. So like he like so fundamentally does not understand the essence of mm-hmm. Superman that maybe him working with this, cause you and I mostly both agree that uh, Watchmen, you know, may be his best work. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was at least the opening credits sequence of Watchmen. That, that Absolutely. Goes that goes down <laughs> as one of the better montages ever assembled. Um, but it, that, that shows that he can kind of deal with a, uh, like a collection of heroes and kind of, you know, spread out the story amongst them. So I don't know. I'm still very skeptical. I think that I'm glad that they've taken this slightly different tone. Um, one piece of, uh, theorizing that we can go into maybe just for a minute is that it's rumored that there's going to be seven members of the justice league. So, so far, we've got Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, The Flash, um, Aquaman, and Superman eventually. Mm-hmm. No clue who's, who the last who's missing. Is it going to be Martian Manhunter? Uh, he's a very out there kind of character. Uh, I don't know. Um, I oh, doubt that cool. we... I doubt that we get it by, or I guess it could be um, Green Lantern. That would be pretty cool. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Like, are they going to try and uh, redeem Green Lantern? uh, I doubt that we get any resolution to this because this is uh, part one and part two movie. So, you know, you got to assume Superman's going to get resurrected. That's kind of going to be the main story arc of, of part one, getting Superman back. And then hopefully the the whole team will be formed by part two, but you know, this movie doesn't come out for a year. Then we're not going to get part two for two more uh, years, another two years. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm trying to be optimistically skeptical, but it's tough with, with the man Snyder. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the thing is like, I know you were a fan of this trailer. You were texting me, how sick was the Justice League trailer? I mean, I guess if we call that on from, like, relatively speaking, yeah, I guess it's pretty amazing when you put it side by side with uh, Batman versus Superman. But but to me, it wasn't enough to get excited about. I kind of was watching it and kind of like, hmm, like it looks like there might be characters in this movie. <laughs> 
I don't know. Characters may have uh, story arcs, motivations, yes. <laughs> dimensions to them. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> don't want to get too uh, wild and crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it looks like they're now, you know, because they they've got the hardcore fans so hooked that it's like you you could put out any DC product with live action characters, and these guys are going to eat it up. So it's like, why not try to now appeal? to the general audience that's been criticizing the, the worst aspects of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wonder if it's going to be, you know, like a three and a half hour movie that's broken up in two or like two totally like actual separate stories that flow together. So a lot, of, a lot more questions than answers, but I like the direction they're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one final piece of news, uh, should have probably brought it up when we were discussing Kong, is Brie Larson has now been cast oh, yeah. to be uh, Miss Marvel, which I think is A1 perfect casting. Uh, I've only read a, a few uh, Marvel comics uh, of that character. Um, I think I think it's going to be great. I think that sh- she is the perfect kind of actress to like – be going from Academy Award winning The Room or Room to Kong Skull Island, which is like a big crossover, you know, three, four quadrant kind of action movie to now into like the geekdom universe. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think it's cool. I don't know much about Captain Marvel, but I'm down. I like her. Yeah, should be cool. Uh, so we're running pretty long. John, have you got any final thoughts on this year's Comic-Con and the, the news and trailers that dropped? No, no, no. Unfortunately, I could not be super attentive to it. Um, didn't, yeah, you know, kind of had to get my Comic-Con news in a very rushed fashion this year. But, uh, but I mean, was, there's some exciting stuff coming out. I think we touched on everything that, that I've been looking forward to. Uh, and one point I wanted to make is, you know, Marvel always has a huge presence. DC, they think they run Comic-Con, so they always have a big presence. Uh, Disney and specifically Star Wars have kind of given up on Comic-Con. They do D22 or whatever it's called. They're uh, yeah. specific, like Disney and Star Wars, big convention in LA or San Diego or Anaheim, wherever it is. <laughs> And they've basically completely abandoned Comic-Con for, like, their own venture, which is cool. But it's, you know, Comic-Con used to be the end-all, be-all of, of geek news yeah, once a year. That's interesting you bring that up. I, I like, hadn't consciously noticed the lack of, like, Rogue well, One stuff. They, they did drop a new Rogue One trailer at D22 a couple weeks ago. And it, uh-huh. it looks badass. Uh, I heard it gave away a little bit much of the plot. So I kind of only watched the first couple seconds. Of yeah. Want to stay away. Cause you know, we're only six months away from that. Yeah. And didn't they had the whole thing where they were doing reshoots and people were acting like, Oh, movie's bad. Movie's clearly bad. It's like, no, <laughs> like movies do reshoots guys. Have, movies so literally have okay. planned reshoots because they know yeah. that not everything is going to be perfect. The first time they know there'll be things where they're like, Oh, the focus isn't great right there. Like just like, or whatever it is, you know, like, it's like, uh, but I, I was kind of laughing at that uh, little panic the internet had when it was like, Rogue One is in reshoots. Yeah, you, you can never please them all, uh, especially when it comes to the, the geek culture. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so uh, potentially an upcoming Stranger Things episode. Uh, I still am committed to It Follows. Even I know, and I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. We we got to do that one. Yeah, I, I bought it on Blu-ray, so uh, I plan on rewatching it a couple times. I've seen it three or four times now. Still love it. I, I'm, I think I'm convinced it's the best horror movie. Um, uh, of our generation, I, I think it's eclipsed. of the century, huh? I think it's eclipsed uh, Cabin in the Woods in my mind because you know I go it's pretty, for that. It's pretty good. All right, so uh, for us here at Criminally Underrated, make sure you check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Just search for Criminally Underrated and uh, subscribe to us there. Check out the website. Uh, I, I guess I haven't gotten a chance to plug my uh, Game of Thrones piece, John. Did you ever check that out? I did. I gave it a read. It's good. Yeah, that was that was fun to write. Worth uh, reading. Uh, that's up at criminallyunderrated.com. It's Logan's Logan's be all end all Game of Thrones. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's be all end all. I, I definitely uh, tried to go into some details about season six and how it's been this like colossal uh, achievement for for the specifically the storyline of Game of Thrones. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. Uh, it was fun to write. Just around 2,000 2000 words. All right, so for us here at Criminally Underrated, we out.